You're listening to episode number 284 of the 360 Vegas podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. You can support the show financially when you shop at Amazon. Simply go to the blog, click on the corresponding banner, and go about your shopping. It's that easy to give us money without giving us money. Also, get early and sometimes exclusive access to all things 360 Vegas with a $7 per month subscription to Patreon. That's patreon.com slash 360Vegas. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The pool's the casino. Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? On a gamble. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. Easy. Of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. Boy, winter weather has uh, has has embraced us all, has it not? Tony, I'm going to have to turn <laughs> the heater on my pool if I want to go swimming now. <laughs> You're such a jackass, dude. <laughs> it's also now occurring to me that I've yet to tell you that I have a heated pool <laughs> because because why would you not go swimming year round Tony when you live in Las Vegas why would you not it'd be ridiculous not to right <laughs> i yeah, you sent me a text message earlier today when my <laughs> wife had to abort a work trip around the like 9:30 a.m. marker because of the amount of snow northern michigan was getting <laughs> with a screenshot from your Weather Channel app of what Vegas looked like when you guys were capping out at 64 degrees. <laughs> I think we're going to hit 70 tomorrow, by the way. Yeah, we are supposed to hit 70 oh, tomorrow. Oh, oh, cute. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tony, I loved, and I've been showing um, showing a lot of our friends and stuff today, the uh, Facebook post that you tagged me in that says, one of the things that I love most about winter is watching it on TV from Vegas. <laughs> So I've got a very good friend. I mean, she was a very good friend of mine at the time in high school. We've since lost touch, but we're still Facebook friends. And yes, she's also living in Las Vegas right now. Oh, okay. And so she will post things that are Las Vegas centric. And I'm like, the minute I saw the best part about winter is watching it from Las Vegas. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh my goodness, Mark and Karen are going to totally you know exactly what this is about there's so many vegas centric things they do like for instance we came across a bottle of crown royal that the the bag has the the welcome to fabulous las vegas thing and i immediately thought i'm like why don't i don't need any crown royal but i'm like yeah but i'm not gonna not get that well and then the funny thing was is he he came home with it and i was like well did you get one for tony and he's like well i don't know i gotta ask him if he wanted one i'm like of course tony's gonna want one and he did, and he did. And he did. So now that I know that I've got that to look forward to when I get there in December, <laughs> let's uh, start the show. He's Mark. She's Karen. I'm Tony. And as always, we start with Random Vegas. It's a popular myth that the scene in the movie Casino 
where Joe Pesci's character stabbed a guy in the neck after saying something smart-ass to Robert De Niro's character was not only filmed at Atomic Liquors, that's where it actually happened. Neither happened at Atomic Liquors. I got that from first-hand experience, and the bartender confirmed it. We got in there, and I was so excited. Oh, Mark was crushed. I was like, I was like, oh man, this is where they filmed. This is where it actually happened. And the second you step in there, like, well, there's a long shot in the movie, and that shot is absolutely impossible because there's not enough room to get to the. And I'm like, it's. I'm like, hey, hey, hey. Tell me you guys completely reconfigured the place, and that's why it looks totally different. Because no, no, it was a miss. I'm like. I Aww. hate you guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna finish my drink and leave. Yeah, he was so like literally was so crushed. You could just see me kind of sat on the stool with a little sad face, like. <laughs> then he well, because t- there's not a whole lot to that bar. No. Jen no. and I have sat there before, and it's you know it's it's a small little hook before there's a medium length straight shot down the bar. Right. And if you remember the casino scene. I mean, it's a long-ass bar. I mean, it's not, you know, the D's long bar, but, I mean, it's, it's, it's a long bar, relatively speaking, where that scene gets right. taped. Well, and on top of that, there's when the whole scene's over, just before they back out of it, there's a shot that's supposed to be from across the room, and it looks like almost like there's a giant dance floor or something. Like, maybe it's a dining room or something in there. And the second you step in the place, like, Okay, that space, like, it's not even possible that that would, like, that camera angle isn't even possible to get if you're buried, and I tried, and I tried to bury myself (laughs) in the very back corner to see if maybe I could see it, like, nope, it's not here, there's no way it was here, so, wah wah. Right, but you know what, thank you for going out personally and having a drink and figuring out if it could actually have been Atomic Liquors. Yeah. It can't be, but you know what? For all the listeners at home, you could try as well. Yep. <laughs> Let's move on to Twit Pick of the Week. It's a feeling of euphoria and concern. A dreamlike state brought to you by At A Riveting Life, where one can't help but think, life doesn't get any better than moments like this. Interrupted by a moment of realization that very soon you will not recall what's happening around you, so you should probably get back to your room. Just before it occurs to you that you're not exactly sure how you got here in the first place, <laughs> polished off with acceptance that if this is the way you die, you'd be okay with that. But this better not be a dream where you're living out scenes from the movie Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. No one should be forced to endure the movie equivalent of waterboarding, let alone a subconscious version you can't simply walk away from. You're going to get a message from Mitchell about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 100%. sorry. I love Las Vegas. That movie is an abortion. I hate it so bad. So I, I've had an opportunity to check out the, as I do when you send me the script ahead of time, and I will look up the picture in particular. It's a gorgeous picture because I've seen that view many a time, and not necessarily in that regard. I mean, it, it depends on what direction you're coming from. But I mean, just generally speaking, for anybody who's ever stayed at the Cal or, you know, Main Street Station, if you're coming back from the speakeasy at at, at my museum or you're coming back from maybe um, the downtown Grand, you know, you get a you get a alternative view of what Fremont Street looks like when you take the time and you come at the Fremont Street from a from one of these what I call one off 
roads. And that's exactly <laughs> what this picture is. You're coming to the Fremont Street experience from a one-off, and I don't mean one-off, but I mean, you're, you know, you're not walking up and down, right? You're not going from you're the, the backside of the casino, right? You're on the backside of the casinos. Yeah. Yeah. But all of a sudden, yeah, in a very real sense, based on your, you know, the words that you've laced out here, and I use the word laced intentionally, <laughs> there's absolutely a reason where you could say, this might be the way I die, but I'm going to accept it. Right. Because <laughs> this, I don't want to be a dream, and it's still a thousand times better than fear and loathing, and I've never even seen it. That's just how confident I am it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Mitchell. You're accurate. <laughs> Karen, what do you think about it? Any, any thoughts? No, I mean, it's a, an interesting picture. I was kind of expecting, based on the monologue when I watched it, that it would be a little more fuzzy. It is in that distance. If you look in the distance. Okay. Well, it was clearer than I, th I was expecting it to be. But, yeah, it's it's it's, it's another a, side of, of Vegas, as Tony said. I, I can't, can't really say it any better than he did. Yeah. What's funny, though, Karen, is you're absolutely right. I wear contact lenses, and I assure every listener that's ever hung out with us, and Sean, buddy, I'm thinking of you, <laughs> when we were at uh, Main Street Station and I was intoxicated, I, those pictures are never, uh, like the picture I saw, what we're making the Twit Pick of the Week, never as clear in Tony's drunk contact <laughs> eyes. <laughs> So that was part of the fun. I was like, I, I've never seen those lights not be a, a, a giant blur. That is really crazy. <laughs> As always, we will link to the photo on our blog, feature it on all of our social media outlets, such as Flickr, Pinterest, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, as well as the enhanced version of the show, which Patreon subscribers should be seeing right now. Let's move into the news. So Wind's Paradise Park has been scrapped. It's unclear if this is another example of visionless leadership running Wynn or reason intervening on a project most were skeptical about from the jump. Regardless, it was announced in their third quarter earnings call that Wynn Resorts will not move forward with the Paradise Park concept. Instead, they will finish the convention center portion of the construction and then revamp the golf course on the property. CEO Matt Maddox said the company lost 10 to $15 million in revenue since the golf course was closed in December of 2017. And with the Paradise Project cost escalating to $3 billion to complete, having the only golf course on the strip appears to be a more valuable amenity of the two. This is the second Steve Wynn announced planned project abandoned by new leadership since he left the company in disgrace amidst sexual misconduct accusations. The other was the announced plans to build a new resort called Wynn West on the recently acquired land formerly home to the New Frontier. Plans for that area have not been shared since new leadership announced that it would be put on pause and reevaluated. The new Wynn Convention Center is expected to open or is scheduled to open in January of 2020. You mean so in less than a year? Golfers spend an average of somewhere between 10 to $15 million at that golf course? I imagine it's got to be expensive as shit. And I, I know you do have to, like that place, you had to book months in advance. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what. So if the company lost between 20, 12, 10 and $15 million 
just in calendar 2018. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and assume that on average, they were making a million dollars a month, right? That'd be $12 million. Right. So if you're making $12 million a month divided by 30, 30 days, days, that's what I was doing. You're making $40,000 a day on that golf course. That is that's um, insane. That is, in, that is insane. Yeah. You're absolutely right, Karen. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't golf, but I mean, how do you? And then, I mean, bring that down. So then, how many? I assume it's got to be a well, lot of things. It's rounds not just do you offer. Yeah, it's not just you know eighteen holes, but it's like you the rental course and the lockers and food, and I, I imagine it's probably a whole big thing. That's just right. insane. Yeah. And if they yeah. were honestly, if they were making that much money. What the fuck did they think they were going to make by ripping it out? Yeah, I never really understood the project, but it's Steve Wynn, so I just kind of was like, all right, whatever. I mean, if that's what you're going to do, especially when you start talking about a King Kong, like, all right, now we're getting a little wacky. But, <laughs> right? Um, I'm going like, to trust you're crazy. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, you kind of have a track record. I'm going to go with this. But my gut tells me what they're doing is they're realizing there's more value. So, so Paradise Park was moving. It, it was it was on its way when January came around. Right. And what they're realizing is they're like, we're going to make way more money, which is what I said the moment they started talking about this. Uh, we're going to make way more money if we build a resort and just pack people in there than we would if we build this convention center with a fucking you know, moat that people can, can drive around in these carnival games. So my guess is they're like, how much can we get away with just aborting and then finish off what we did so we can now start working on this thing? Because well, that's where the money is. And honestly, I think they will, this is going to sound crazy, I think they'll increase the business at the golf course by having the convention center there. Because now oh, if sure. you're hosting conventions there, yeah. I think you're going to get more people. So, But the funny thing is now they have to go back and pay to repair the golf hole, the holes that they ripped up in preparation well, for they'll all, Well, they'll have to redo it because now that land isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they'll have, like, how much they have to reconfigure the whole thing or if maybe they just... They weren't using all the I don't, land anyway. I don't think it was the whole thing. Um, Vital, somebody, I think it was Vital Vegas, but somebody showed like an aerial picture of um, the golf course. And it's really just the corner uh, right behind Wynn where the convention center is going in. That's the only thing. And like the strip along, um, yeah. uh, what's that road? The, the road. Cobalt. Sands. Sands. Yeah, the road between Wynn and, and um, yeah. the other convention center. Um the Las Vegas Convention Center? Yeah. Jeez. No, the this one, game's fun, Karen. No, the My one that's God, attached this, I don't even care at this point. I don't it's even like care. It's like a Mad Libs right now. Right? I, I'm like, Jesus, just get to the end. I, I see where you're going. Karen needs a <laughs> <herb>. <laughs> <laughs> We'll figure this out. Oh, a Vegas hey, Mad Mark, Libs would be fun. tell me about the Palms progress. Last week, it was announced that the partnership with the Palms and Tau Group to run the currently under construction largest pool, day club, nightclub in Las Vegas dissolved with few details beyond a mutual parting. An additional casualty of the severed partnership was the plan opening of Chris Santos' New York restaurant Vandal at the property. Santos is best known as a judge on the TV show Chopped as well as the chef behind Beauty and Essex at Cosmopolitan. Without any word on what will replace the vacated plans at Palms, the new pool, nightclub, and restaurant space are still scheduled to open in early 2019. Later in the week, Red Rock Resorts, owners of the Palms, announced during their third quarter earnings call that the cost of the project has increased for the second time this year to $690 million 
mainly due to increased construction costs and materials. In February, the company announced the price of the project would increase from 485 to 620 million as a result of an accelerated completion plan. Yeah, I don't. I didn't realize Chris Santos was directly connected with them on that. That that's that's who was gonna open the I restaurant. I wasn't either. I was, I'm sad now. But uh, another restaurant of his would have been yummy. That's interesting. Well, that's that's a matter of opinion. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what's going on over there. I mean, I guess I didn't really get the the scope of this project anyway. Well, that's not fair to say. I don't care. That, let's let's put it that way. I don't really care. They're going to have a big, giant pool. I don't know what they're going to do with it. I don't know if it matters. <laughs> they're going to have the pool. They don't know who's going to run it yet. Right. What about plans for Paris being revealed? It appears Caesars Entertainment is investing in all new signage for all its Vegas properties. While Planet Hollywood's new signage upgrades appear to be complete, Paris appear to be in mid-project. Their new 360 LED marquee has been installed, but it's not been turned on at the property yet. And the northernmost entrance has been stripped down to the infrastructure, and there's still no progress on that yet. During last week's FHE, we shared on social media that it appears work had begun on Caesars Palace marquees to turn those into LED. And this week, the RJ shared plans for Paris include adding 322,000 square feet of lighting to the northwest and southeast sides of the Eiffel Tower as well as adding a 360-square-foot LED wall on the south end of the building. Additionally, a fourth animated sign is also planned to be added to the Paris balloon marquee. No time frame for when the project will begin or when it's expected to be completed were revealed. Did you see this thing, Tony? I've seen uh, the, uh, the Eiffel Tower of what that's supposed to look like. Yeah, when I first saw it, it frightened me because I'm like, are you making that a giant Christmas tree? Yeah, that's cool. And it was it was just the static photo that they showed that misrepresents it. Alistair was one of the first ones to chime in, like going, oh, no, that thing's going to do all sorts of shit and show images and dance and do all kinds of things. So that 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 reframed it for me. But, uh, <laughs> it, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's cool. I mean, when you consider Luxor disappears at night, so does the April Tower experience, except for the you know little beacon at the top. This would be kind of a nice little attention grabber. I I concur. I you know I think that one of the things Vegas has lost is its glitz and glamour. Yeah. And I think one Sparkly. of the best ways that you bring it back is making the Eiffel Tower light up in the red, the white, and the blue. I mean, you know, not the not the good American colors, but the you know cheesy uh-huh. monkey uh-huh. surrender monkey yeah. <laughs> version. <laughs> <laughs> the pompous right. croquet Let, versions. The one, the, I know exactly. The one you know thing what? The, go ahead, sir. Go ahead. No, I was going to be sarcastic here and jump in there. Oh, I, I hate to stomp on your sarcasm. That's usually no, well, it now, was, now it we're was, not helping. It was weak sarcasm. Okay. <laughs> right. So the one thing I, I'm concerned about, Mark and I talked about this a little bit, is with all of these LEDs going up and, and pulling down, like some of the neon and stuff like that. Really worried that at night. The strip is just going to look like a giant advertisement. Like Times Square. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think we've lost that. I mean, I, insofar as I think we're already there. You walk by Planet Hollywood. Planet Hollywood is one ginormous Times Square yeah. sign. I mean, it's just all of those different signs that scroll from one to the next. We've lo- I mean, that's part of the reason why I love Flamingo as much as I do. Yeah. You can call it the dirty bird all you want, listeners, but... At the end of the day, I can't think of one more iconic 
Las Vegas Strip location than the Flamingo to offer the neon that it has available right. to. No, I agree. And, and actually, that's the one I'm the most afraid of. Is that they're gonna they're gonna they pull the, that off? Somehow. I I I don't think they have the balls to do that one. I I wouldn't be surprised if the historical preservation wouldn't step in if that attempted to happen. That's just way too iconic at this point. Well, yeah, and I didn't realize downtown on Fremont, it, you if you're putting up a new sign, it has to have neon in. Oh yeah, from downtown, right yeah. around starting with Naked City. Once you get into there, yeah, if you want to open something and you want signage. Right. As a matter of fact, one of the problems they had was when Pawn Plaza wanted to open, they just wanted a regular sign like it's got to be neon. Right. And I love that. I love that at least a part of in part of this city, you know, you will still have. Neon. They're like, you this may be a shitty it. area, but it's gonna glow, motherfucker. Right. It's gonna glow. <laughs> it's gonna be iconic Vegas. That's yes, right. it will. <laughs> yeah, my hope is that being Vegas, that at some point, right now they're all just excited, like we have giant TVs. Look, we got giant TVs. And what they're gonna do, like all of these things, can do flashy little things that would replicate. How a neon sign or any sign, any sort of dancing sign could do. So, my hope is at some point, what they'll do is they'll try to stand out amongst the the glow of all these other ones and do something a little more appealing, like a like a a replication of a flashy sign or something creative. I don't know. (laughs) Flashy sign in Vegas could have two different meanings. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of flashy sign, what about Lyft's art park? Just past the Fremont East signage on the corner of Fremont and Las Vegas Boulevard is a park with a collection of curiosities we've not previously explored beyond quizzical glances. Apparently, it's called Lift Park, as the space doubles as a pickup drop-off hub after 5 p.m. It's populated by things like a tiny house or a giant treehouse. I'm not sure which one I'm supposed to believe that is. A lift minivan covered in mirrors, disco ball style. And another former Burning Man attraction, a 40-foot-tall ballerina marionette that moves, speaks, and sings at night thanks to a pre-programmed forklift controlling it. By the way, she was recently replaced by a giant polar bear doing something similar. Thank God. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of I kind of liked her brand of creepy as opposed to this giant paper mache. Know your bear. place, ballerina marionette. <laughs> <laughs> We got a polar bear in the <laughs> wings in case you can't snuff it. Yeah, right. You're not living on Diet Coke and cigarettes, ballerina. We got a polar bear because that's what you look like without it. <laughs> All this in an effort to amuse people while they wait to be picked up by their Lyft driver just off of a busy intersection. The attraction is free, offers recreational games like giant chess and bing and bing bod. Beanbag toss <laughs> because I refuse to call it cornhole, as well as an airstream RV where people can charge their phones. It's funny. I never thought much about this thing until the RJ had an article about this, and I'm like, oh, that's a concerted effort. Like I just thought it was yeah. a collection of weird things. Yeah, I mean, I saw that it was branded Lyft because it's kind of all over it, but I'm like, why would I go into that? And yeah. I didn't know if it was free if you had to pay yeah, for I didn't it. Get it. And when you're like, oh no, you you go in there to wait for your driver. It's like. How long are you waiting for your driver? <laughs> right? Oh, they're just sitting there. They're like, okay, you haven't spent $35 yet. Okay, now we're going to register that we're here. Crazy. The marionette, I, I honestly thought, was kind of cool from a distance. Because I'm like, that's the kind of... That's, it's one of the things... Like, you didn't want to get too close in case she leaned forward and tried right. to grab you? Because, because as I've said before, one of my favorite forms of, of art is sculpture. 
especially oversized sculpture, because for some reason it's deeply ingrained in me that this is it's it's it a nightmare slash cool thing. yeah it's a nightmare cool slash terrifying thing and she danced a little too goddamn close to reality. On that. <laughs> So she was interesting, but I'm like, I'm way over here. So if she starts coming at me, I at least have time to run. <laughs> she breaks her I get to, yeah. breaks her strings and just starts stomping down Fremont Street. You've got a head start. That's direction. right. That's right. If I get if you know, if I get a little bold and I get up close, I'm like, oh look, she's moving around. Look, Mark, it's almost like it's real. And she snaps and eats me, I have no time to run. It's all over. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move into prop bets. For those of you unfamiliar, prop bets is an extension of the news, but with just bits and pieces of noteworthy items. First up, according to the signage shared by Vital Vegas, Wahlburgers will be joining Taco Bell Cantina as the dining option available at the space formerly known as the El Portal. Now, it's unclear if the future tenants are planned to be revealed in the upcoming months, but these two options are said to be coming spring of 2019. I already feel better about it. I was really concerned about Taco Bell Cantina taking over that whole space. Just two makes it feel better. It's a lot well, of space. I, you know, here's the deal, and we've got literally nothing to base this on, and by we, I mean I'm going to say me. <laughs> I'd like to think that Wahlburgers will at least respect the space that is the El Portal with, you know, the the, the balcony and the, right. like, how they used to show movies and whatnot. Taco Bell, I could see them ripping it out and be like, no, we could we could totally put in a fountain machine right here. <laughs> like, like an entire fountain of, you know, Gordito's El Pollo. And they're just like, I hold my <laughs> drink up to it, so. From my understanding, they have restrictions down there similar to the neon where it's like you can't mess with the structure. But I don't know. That being said, think about what Derek Stevens just did. <laughs> yeah, so well, he decided he didn't like I'm the structure. Yeah, he's like, ah, we're just going to get rid of all of it. <laughs> like, listen, listen, if you're going to open something in the structure, you can't mess with the structure. If you want to get rid of the structure now, it's a different thing. Right. If you want to bulldoze that motherfucker, you know what? We. <laughs> History be damned. Right. If you want to keep it, the one then you're going to have to respect it. <laughs> Curtains are up and the Bond Bar renovations at Cosmopolitan have begun. Still no word on when the project is expected to be completed or if its name will change. So is someone who has only slowly, and I do mean slowly, come around to Lovin, McLovin, the Cosmo. <laughs> Bond Bar is that bar area that's immediately to you, the left of you when you're walking into Cosmo from the strip, right? Right. Yep. Right. Yeah, it's right across from the Henry. So, what do you think they're going to I mean, I I listen. I I know that people have known Tony to be the guy who loves to hate Cosmo. Yeah. <laughs> but as a guy who's slowly coming around to Cosmo, how do you make that space better than what it was cuz even this guy's like well, now I kind of wish I didn't hate it for as long as I had because yeah. now I wish I would have spent more time there. So the optimist in me says that they're just trying to refresh it and it'll be something equally cool. The pessimist in me points to Cleek or Click or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. The, the place that they ruin book and stage with. Yeah. And that's what I fear they're going to do. I mean, I don't think it's going to be anything other than a bar, or, you know, kind of a thing. But it's what they do to it that I'm concerned about. Yeah, because we, you know... We, we liked were, it. It was a fun place. Yeah, and that's what I mean. We were very disappointed when they pulled out Book and Stage because Book and Stage had 
That was the place that you went. Every single time we went to Vegas, we always went to Book and Stage. Always. I have not been back there since. I've walked past it like, "Mm, that place looks And then, you know, so Bond was, I I do think that it needed a refresh if you looked at some of the, because it had the the hanging chairs. We never went beyond the actual bar into the lounge area. So I get why they would want to do something that would draw you into that more. But Mark, didn't they have table games in that general area as well, though? Oh, no, no, no. On the outside, that's still there. Yeah, those are still there. The ones that are all lit up, like the table bases light up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all all still there. It's literally the Bond bar area that Hmm. they're working on. All right. Well, since my mind's eye can't figure it out, I suppose we'll just have to check it out in December. All right. There you go. <laughs> Coccolini, the Italian gelato shop in Venetian St. Mark's Square, is opening a second location on the Strip at Planet Hollywood. While an opening date has not been revealed, what is known is the kiosk will be located at the north entrance of the property near Gordon Ramsay Burger. I don't get While it, oh, I, I, Sorry, guys. I, I got nothing. Do that, that was, I, I had nothing either. No. While it hasn't had its official grand opening, the zipline link is now open and has already reduced the experiences available, <laughs> el- eliminating the Superman-like stance after two riders injured themselves. There is no word if the elimination of said positions is temporary or, let's be honest, it's, it's likely permanent. Well, how, how did they injure themselves? Somebody got staples in their fucking head. What? Yeah. How? I, I don't know. They were injured in the ride. I don't know. I so don't instead of it going in your head, it'll go in your heels. So like the like the, the you, you have to ride it like a seat. Now it's the only way you can ride how it. How the fuck did they get staples in their head? And the more interesting I, yeah. thing is, how did this not happen at Fremont first? <laughs> like, what did right. you guys do? Somebody standing down there with a staple gun, going, "I'll show you." Thank you, Karen. But I mean, shit like that. If you heard it happen at Fremont, you're like, "On well." Yeah, it's fucking Fremont, but you're like, Yo, we're going to do something just like they did. Oh, we just split a guy's head open. Like, what the <laughs> fuck did you do? <laughs> well, and I have to say, I, I drove po- um, past this, by this yesterday when I was down there. And the I, I hope they do something more interesting than the tent-covered looking, like the, the area where you, you load to get on. Yeah. Literally has, it looks like those two, you know, like the four aluminum poles with the little structure and this canvas tent just like stretched over the top of it. And I'm just like, really? Yeah. That's what you put up at the top of this thing. See, here's 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 the thing that's that's I mean, most... that's Slotzilla. Hello? You're you're exiting or launching out of a, sl- a slot machine. Now we just have a little tent. Well, like and- a tent that you could rent for somebody's wedding. <laughs> that's what we have at the top of the building that we're going to launch you out of. Well, and here's the thing that's most confusing about this entire idea. Riding on a zip line down the Fremont Street experience, around that neon, the whole thing, that's an experience I get. I can wrap my head around it. Yep. Riding down the promenade of a shopping plaza, I don't really that's get. Not, that's not even a straight shot. It zigzags. <laughs> so at some point, are you zip lining over the top of the building? I don't Oh, look, really... I get to see AC units. Yay. Like, like, I even got the Rio one. You're like, holy shit, we're at the top of a building, and we're going to go from one top of a building to the top of another building. But this one's like, hey, hey, you know this shopping area that it took us a while to get you to walk down? How would you like to fly over it? Like, on, I didn't want to walk down Whee. it. I don't know. I don't unless it unless it lets you out and dumps you right into the high roller, this is the dumbest idea I've ever seen. <laughs> like literally. 
literally. Like, literally. As you get to the end, maybe that's how people got hurt is they're like, oh, no, 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 it's a flying stop. Like, we just drop your ass and you get thrown right into a fucking pod. Yeah. And they're like, well, we timed that terribly. This is not working I mean, out that, at all. That's the only way this would be interesting to me <laughs> is if you zip line and literally land in a pod on the high roller. Well. Okay, sorry, my turn. I, I was getting all oh, wait, cranky there. <laughs> we do love a good Karen Reed. <laughs> <laughs> the latest rendering for their new gateway arch signage planned for just past the intersection of Las Vegas Boulevard and Sahara Avenue was revealed this week. The city is now accepting bids from construction companies for the right to build it. Travelzork is reporting that Chef Rick Moonin's RM Seafood and RX Boiler Room are closing at Mandalay Bay. No word what the plans are for the spaces they occupy. I thought... RM Seafood already closed. Maybe it did. I barely pay attention to these things. It that, was in the article. They referenced it. Okay. That both like it well, was a thing. Well, because he had he did have two. He had one on the first floor, and the high end restaurant was on the second floor. It might be the high end one I'm thinking of that closed. But okay. And actually, Karen, I think you're thinking of it the other way around. My wife and I have been to the RX uh, Boiler Room, but we never had dinner at the. Uh, RM Seafood. Isn't it the same building? Like the high end's on the bottom and then the... I thought the high end was on the top. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that would make sense. Because that I was mean, that was where David and yeah, yeah, Doug yeah. and I ate and the, he was a complete and total asshole. The food was good. Yeah, but cross he us, Rick Moon, and see what happens. Right. Three years later. <laughs> it's been a little bit longer right. than three years. <laughs> we'll get you eventually. <laughs> Hard Rock International announces a new hotel brand this week called reverb speculation is this would be the brand cosmopolitan would turn to in the event there was a sale of the property i mean again assuming it actually gets done right i will be so sad i may have to go in the morning i'll have to like go visit there every day until it changes hands as long as it well but the idea of this reverb is it's it's not the hard rock brand that you know well thank god yeah it, it would still. be it would be a hard like i don't know, I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm not happy i want to believe that they're like, hey, 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 let's get away from everything kitsch that, that we do and let's do something cool and high end, kind of like Cosmopolitan does. Ooh, Cosmo just did it. Let's buy it and just rename it so it's something else. Yeah, I, I don't want them to own it. That would make me very sad. <laughs> <laughs> this week, the one-year anniversary of the Las Vegas Raiders Stadium groundbreaking was acknowledged. Highlights included that the project is currently 30% complete and at 80 feet tall, just over half its planned height. When the project is ready for it sometime next year, it will require two of the largest cranes in the world to lift the stadium's translucent roof. Park MGM began its series of grand opening celebrations, starting with Nomad Hotel, restaurant, bar, and casino. Next up, Eater Vegas is reporting Chef Roy Choi's best friend will open at the property on December 19th, if you believe the billboard's advertising it, or December 28th, if you believe Choi's Instagram account. Hmm. Lastly... Italy is expected to open at Park MGM December 27th. Vital Vegas is reported that MGM Resorts is phasing out the slot supervisor position company-wide as a cost-cutting measure. The 70 people impacted were offered to move to a new position or take a three-month severance. Wow. Wow. Is that, is that still... A slot supervisor position is being eliminated. I've never interacted with a slot supervisor. I don't, I don't. Well, that's because you don't play full pay, you know, when you're well, I, and I don't play slots. So. <laughs> so when you hit the Royal, it's not going to matter, but. Uh -huh. <laughs> 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 All right. 
I would mock me as well. <laughs> Except it's paid off for Tony right. at least once or twice. In news, we are reporting only because it appeared in last week's FHE when we shared that Elton John's champagne bar Fizz Caesars Palace near the at Caesars Palace. There's <laughs> there. All right, at Caesars Palace near the Forum Shops was under renovation. This week, it was announced that Vanderpump Cocktail Garden will be taking over the space. Mark got so far as Real Housewives and stopped reading the article, and I don't blame him. I would not have even put this in the fucking profits. I Like I said, I, I explained why I recapped it. One of the signs that inspired me to whimsically think it would be a fun idea to stay at all the little dive motels around Vegas, Holiday Motel across the street from Stratosphere is having its sign removed this week. Vital Vegas is reporting and confirmed by my, my peeps at Neon Museum, because I have those now, because I live here. <laughs> Confirm that they are, in fact, getting said sign. <laughs> it's peeps. So, it's just every weekend. They're like, you're back again? They know me. What are you doing now? Someone walks in. No, I don't want a room. I don't. I don't. I don't Not the Holiday Motel. No, the it's fucking the Neon ne- Museum. <laughs> you goofball. <laughs> Vegas Holiday Motel. <laughs> Every weekend they're like, it's so weird. This guy keeps coming. You know if, we're if closed, Mark, sir. Is, if you Mark know is we're there, closed. <laughs> Mark is there every weekend. Then we got a whole other thing we got to discuss because <laughs> right. I am not aware of this. Now I know why I'm so itchy. Oh, right, I know. <laughs> sir, John would you Mayer. like would you like your usual room with it? Uh, you know. I can't even think. I don't even know what gross and grody is. I knew where you're going with it, and I appreciated the effort. <laughs> John Mayer and Dave Chappelle are performing at the MGM Grand December 30th. The show is said to be a hybrid show, starting with Mayer performing his music, then Chappelle doing stand-up, and finally the two appearing together in a cocktail lounge setting and appearing to be hanging out with drinks and cracking jokes with celebrity guests. Yeah, that's going to be what? super awkward, and I would pay for the awkwardness. <laughs> I mean... I. You you can't pick two guys that are more opposite. Which makes me right. think that it might be interesting because you can't think that they were like, um, okay, I'll go on tour with John Mayer. Like, it's got to be one of those things like, holy shit, we really get along and we're kind of funny together. I don't know. Or, or holy <laughs> shit, we both need a lot of money because we're putting it all up our nose. So let's do this together. Or John Mayer's getting tired of paying abortions for all these women that he's sleeping with. Oh, abortion joke I like. Wow. Oh, he, nice. He's a, he's a man whore. I, ugh, and I don't understand. Is he really? Oh, my God. I don't know that. He's been linked with every famous female celebrity. And like, Jerky it, snatch. You know what's he, funny? He's is just, that, and he's gross. Like, he's not even... Number one, he can't sing. I don't care what anybody says. You number say two, that all the gross. time. Anybody can carry a, a fucking tune. Anybody can do it. They just don't have range. And the the irony is, most people have range annoy you because they fucking squeal and scream, you know, when, when they're singing. So you seem unpleasable when it comes to you know singing. Karen? I'll make you squeal and scream. <laughs> <laughs> you will be pleasable. Thank you, because God knows John Mayer doesn't. But, but, you know, it's so funny side story. Being an Office fan, there is an episode where John, or where um, Michael Scott and uh, one of the other characters are singing Your Body is a Wonderland. And I just was thinking about the episode and singing it. And Karen looks at me and is like, going, you singing a John Mayer song? And I'm like, <laughs> I did. Well, one, I didn't know it was a John Mayer song. I was singing a song from The Office. Two, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> See? Thank you. Thank you. I just appreciate that you apologize. That means a lot. <laughs> Eater Vegas is reporting on plans filed to build a new 720-room, 
45-story resort featuring 10 restaurants spread out over two floors and 1.3 million square feet named Majestic Resort, less than half a mile from the main entrance of the Las Vegas Convention Center. It's a lot of very specific numbers. (laughs) (laughs) It's a well-crafted run-on sentence, Karen. (laughs) It was. As I'm reading, I'm like, oh, and there's more, and more, and another. You just keep looking, your eyes start scanning ahead, like, where the fuck is the punctuation? (laughs) When do I come to a stop? (laughs) Planned for the vacant vacant lot west of Debbie Reynolds Drive, in between Convention Center Drive and Desert Inn. No expected cost to complete, start, or projected end dates were shared. Well, that was poorly constructed. (laughs) Yeah, well, you you, you made up for it for the, the previous one. This week... The sprinkler system in the ice cream shop at the California quickly put out a fire that started in one of their display coolers. No one was injured, the place did not need to be evacuated, and the damage is estimated at $25,000. Holy shit. So if anybody's ever been in the ice cream shop at the California, like I a don't closet? think that space is valued at $25,000. <laughs> right. It's essentially a closet. <laughs> That's the one that's that back by the walkway, wild. right? It's tiny. It's super that's tiny. Wild. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's going to do it for news and prop bets. Let's enjoy some vicarious Vegas via a 360 Vegas firsthand experience. All right, so... 360FHE is our opportunity to go out and enjoy some ever-changing landscape of Las Vegas and share that experience with you. Now, this week, Mark, my understanding is you did a follow-up on some of the things that you previously had discussed on the previous show. What's what's going on there? I mean, in particular, is there something going on at TI? Yeah, it's legit. The TI has free parking now. There's no validation required. And for anyone who doesn't think such an amenity doesn't draw traffic to your property... Reference back to this exact moment, because I've long rallied on how Phil Ruffin has ruined the exterior of Treasure Island, primarily with the clashing facade of Senior Frogs in Pirate's Cove. I found it so off-putting that I've not stepped into that property for as long as I can remember. And this experience had me traveling through the property at some point to return to my car, and I forgot just how well laid out that casino is. I mean, impressive enough that I would have no hesitation in patronizing that place moving forward. I, 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 I was refreshingly reminded. Except that, that it was Phil, well done. Phil Ruffin owns it. Well, stop, stop can, distracting. My <laughs> thought is if you can get past the Phil Ruffin aspect right. in, in all of its bullshit that's going on outside of TI, yeah. the casino in and of itself is a really, really great casino. I mean, I like how it's laid out. Yeah. I like the games that it's offered. My problem is I don't I, I I no longer care for one-off casinos. I'm with you. When I yeah. when I want to do some gambling, I want to gamble where I know that my gambling dollar is contributing to my overall average daily theoretical. Right. And you've got this one TI, and unless that person's going to really offer over-the-top comp offers to make me want to come back, it's it's just you know it's uh, it's a one-off casino as far as I'm concerned. I agree with you. I totally agree with you, especially now that I'm a local. Like, I try to think about those things and make that conscious effort to go, well, if I'm going to play, we're going to play over here. There's, no, there's right. really no value to playing here. 
Like, I'm not going to get anything out of this, so. Another thing I did is I went to follow up to see if there was any visible progress on uh, the reopening of the tram between TI and Mirage. Mm. There has not. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Yeah, the, I mean, I'm not saying they're not going to, but the Twitter, uh, the social media person said, oh, no, it's it's opening very soon. I'm like, well, a week later it wasn't. So, <laughs> well, very, very is soon. pejorative. It, it just it depends on your, you know, definition of soonness. Correct. Yes. Correct. All right. What about um, where where'd you go on your skateboard this week? Despite some very enjoyable experiences, the one that comes to mind first is my thwarted attempt at skating the Fremont Street experience at 5 a.m. on a Sunday. The moment I dropped my board, Paul Blart minus the Segway, Fremont Street Experience Security Edition, put the brakes on the experience and made it clear that despite an almost completely empty at that hour pedestrian walkway, no exaggeration, and by the way, by design on my part, hence the hour of arrival, such a bucket list item was not attainable under any circumstances. After not taking that news very well, I refocused my rage on mocking said guard mercilessly on social media and formulating a plan to accomplish my Fremont Street experience skate in the future by any means necessary. Dickbag. Some of the more memorable rides I captured via video with the aid of a gyroscope, places like the front of the Mirage Volcano, the Fountains of Bellagio, Many more of those videos will be coming. I was, you know, what's funny? I, that was such a throwaway idea to me that I like, I, like the first one went out there, and I didn't even promote that it was out there, and somebody found it, and it just kind of took off. And I'm like, oh, oh, you like these? All right, I'll do them. <laughs> Sounds good. While out, I was able to confirm that my guess that La Favorite Bistro at Link will take over the space formerly home to the property sportsbook was incorrect. While still surrounded by a black curtain, it is clear the space it has been reconfigured to just be an expansion of the slot floor. Link has also added some neon beer pong tables as well as a Vegas Golden Knights bubble hockey game. While attempting to skate Sammy Davis Jr. Drive, also known as Industrial Road, back by Circus Circus, I took advantage of their parking garage to get some up-close pictures of Resorts World and further support my initial report that the exterior red glass being installed looks a whole lot like that used at Win and Encore, and apparently many of you agreed. While on top of Binion's, I was able to capture some activity at the 18 Fremont Street, but they are still just reconfiguring dirt at this point. And while Caesar's marquee renovations to LED continue, in stark contrast, Waldorf Astoria has expanded their use of wraps as their signage on the building formerly known as High End and Mandarin Oriental. And lastly, the static marquees along the back side of the Park Theater by the property's Porkershore that was speculated to be removed to make room for LED signage was confirmed to now be LED signage. So the only comment I actually have on this, you know, most recent skateboarding adventure was I don't know how or where I stumbled upon it, but there really is posted signage that says thou shalt not skateboard on the Fremont experience itself. Like, I, I, I mean, I, I get that Paul Blart was smacking you down and not allowing you to do it at an incredibly opportune time. 5 a.m. Nobody's out there. I've been there. 5 a.m. Yeah. Vegas time is 8 a.m. Michigan time. I know what this Fremont Street experience looks like at 5 a.m. local time. The only people that are out there 
are the homeless. And even then, they're even super, you know, <laughs> scant. Right. There was no reason for the quote unquote pole blart to not allow you the opportunity to go do that. But I got to say, I have seen the, I like they they say, we just don't want skateboarding on Fremont Street Experience. That's, I, I, I guess I, my point is, I respect that only in so far as that's not one of those one weird off, well, you can't skateboard between these random hours of like 5 p.m. to 6.37 p.m. It's just a straight, like they just, they just don't want it. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with it because as I've said, 5 a.m., that's a good time to go do it. But you know what? If they're going to prohibit it, it's well known. Well, yeah, see, it's not well known. I've never seen it, and I am there weekly. I've, yeah. I've yet to see that sign. So if it and, and I'll make it to your point because I am unfortunately a well or fortunately depending on who you're talking to, but one of those people that I'm like, yeah, but it's a it's a rule. Like I've told the story about when I was trying to skateboard down the link security guard stopped me and I was like come on dude I'm just like it's it's fucking five in the morning nobody's out here I intentionally did this it's fucking bucket list item man just let me do it and the guy's like well you know listen man you can't be skating here but I'm gonna turn my head and start walking this way and I picked my board up and started like god damn it and he was like no you're not listening to me I'm gonna start walking that way and not look back sure and I'm like I don't <laughs> oh, oh but you told me not to, so I didn't understand that. You can't be, I, I don't, subtle doesn't work on me, sir. Well, he can't tell you okay. Right. right. That's true. Right. It's because true. he knows you're videotaping it. Well, no, no, no. I wasn't videotaping that. <laughs> I experienced it at first. I always experience it at first, and then I videotape. So if anybody's like, you know, like, yeah, I, I get that. I get, I don't, I, they don't want me advertising that I got away with this, you know, so I, I get that idea. If I can't videotape it, on the Fremont Street experience, I would easily put that away. Like, oh, yeah, this is for me then. I don't really care about that. Well, and, and the other thing, too, is you can't skateboard once Fremont is up and going. There's too many fucking people. You can barely True. walk down Fremont And I have seen people skateboard people. down there when people are well, there. Well, then they're assholes. But, the, the, but uh, to that, to uh, uh, further supporting that I am a supporter of, you know, signage up that says that you can't skateboard on, on on Fremont a plaza not very far from our house you know has got like a grocery store and all kind of it's it's a big parking lot and they have signs up all over the place and I was attempting to skateboard through there and I within five minutes of me being there clearly saw that there was a sign set up and they were everywhere and I'm like oh well, all right well never mind then I'll, I'll I, I won't skateboard here so I'm like if it's posted somewhere it's fucking hidden in a corner all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm gonna look for it and I'll take a picture with me next to it going fuck off. I'm doing this once. At uh, 4 a.m., 5 a.m. I don't care. It's happening. All you gotta do is wait for the next time you see Paul Blart and just go really drop a board and run with or you know ride. What's he gonna do? Everybody, everybody right. saw him like that guy can't catch up to me. <laughs> like I'm only doing this once. Fuck off. <laughs> I'm doing this once and I trust your heart and won't be able to make it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly enough, though, you also checked out the speakeasy at the Mob Museum, and, and I've got some thoughts slash comments on this, but you go first, brother. You go <laughs> yes. first. I cannot recommend this place enough to everybody. The speakeasy at the Mob Museum was a planned event for 360 Vegas Vacation 7. However, we had to abort those plans due to some issues we encountered once it was discovered that what we were doing could be misunderstood as a media event. Regardless, we checked it out, and it is as cool as I could have hoped for. It's a great space. It's got great drinks, just the right amount of theming without the full wise guy character commitment. 
and you don't have to have tickets to the Ma Museum, it, even though mm-hmm. yeah, you, you're not allowed to use the entrance if you go into the place to the speakeasy, even though it's like just feet past mm-hmm. the museum entrance. <laughs> if you want to go into it, you don't have tickets. You have to go to the exterior entrance, which is around the back of the museum, by this whiskey barrel, and then downstairs. And another example of their brilliant blend of theme and reasonability, the Speakeasy shares a new password required for entrance to the bar via their social media. On Instagram. Yeah, I think of the Instagram. However, not paying attention to any of that shit, our inability to give whatever that password was for the day did not prevent us from entering the bar. So I think we just said, I want a drink. <laughs> the password is, I'll go somewhere else. Right. <laughs> Which is really cool because you do have to ring ring a little bell, and then the little panel slides open. Like, password. Say I just started saying "Three Sixty Vegas" every time now. Every yeah. time we go, because we've been m- multiple times. Every time I'm like "Three Sixty Vegas," then open the door. I'm like, "That's the password. <laughs> That's the password, everyone." <laughs> That's the new thing. I want everyone to start doing that. I want them at some point to be like, "What the fuck is this? What, why does everyone keep saying this?" Here's the reason why I'm throwing a little bit of shade. And, and I mean... Because you're jealous. Tony's so jealous. I'm super jealous. Of course. Why wouldn't I be jealous, Karen? I don't <laughs> live in Vegas, so I can't just pop over there anytime I want. And I was told that if you wanted to enjoy cocktails at the Speakeasy, you had to purchase a ticket to the museum. Nope. Up until don't say no. Let me finish, woman. <laughs> I'm you aware that I was wrong. Don't fucking rub it in. To the museum up until 5 p.m. and then after 5 p.m. Yes, you could get access to the speakeasy because then it was open to the public. But that the bar, the speakeasy bar, was only available to uh, you know participants of the mob museum right. before 5 p.m. And that's how you, you like you used your ticket into the mob museum as your entry into the speakeasy to find out now that they're like, oh, wait, shit. You mean people want to drink here before 5 p.m. without paying a <laughs> 25 or 35 dollar entrance fee to the museum? And don't get me wrong for anybody that's listening to this podcast that hasn't done the mob museum. Yeah, yeah, I don't know awesome. why you are shorting yourself an outstanding opportunity. I mean, you listen, I love to drink, I love to gamble, and I love to smoke cigars. So everything about the Mob Museum seems the antithesis of what I would want to do in Vegas. But you do the Mob Museum because it is the epitome of Las Vegas. Yeah, it's really cool. And here's here's the sad context that I, I can provide on this. What they were doing was trying to be cute. They, because you are right, um, you can get in from the inside entrance past five o'clock, but that bar opens at 9 a.m. And what they were trying to do was be cute with this idea like, it's a secret that if you go on Instagram, there is an entrance and it's hidden around here. And they thought they were being cute by going, no, you can't get in here without a ticket unless you, but if you know the secret, you would go around back. Whereas when we were there, they told us, well, no, you can't go in that way. But, but I mean, there's an entrance just on the outside. You just, you just go outside. Well, and we have, we have, um, passes. We have season passes. So we could have gotten so in anyway. We could have gotten in anyway, but he's like, yeah, no, you, you just, you gotta yeah, go Yeah, it's around just around the, the corner. And I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty. That's what. That's one of the points that I make about theming. You're like going, all right, don't be. Come on, 
I'm trying to patronize you. Don't be like, it's a big secret. Like, just fucking tell me how to get in there. Although, if, if it, you know, because we did go to, they do moonshine tastings. Oh, they um, did a moonshine tasting last week, Tony. Which, I, I don't know how anybody drinks that shit straight. Oh, it's good. I, I had a drink there that had it's a deep mixed burn. in, which was delicious. But, deep burn. Yeah, but they're, a lot of the drinks have little stories to them. There's a couple other surprises and... and Cool little things they do depending on what you want. That even I won't ruin. Even I won't ruin here. I will save it. All right, Mark, you and me. You and me. There's <laughs> got, I mean, come on, there has got to be something special going on at the Speakeasy during that week of, you know, between Christmas and New Year's. Like, they're going to want to try to pull people in. Yeah. We're going to go do it, brother. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's happening. You're going to go whether or not there's anything special <laughs> right. happening. It's not. You open here, this yeah. goddamn door and you make me a drink. Tony, I've had a different drink. Every single time I've been there, I've had four of that. My plan is to ha- now have every single one of their drinks. That's That should be more than a goal, brother. That should be a life like, <laughs> measure. All right, so I'm going to settle in because you're going to talk to me about going through the looking glass at Park MGM. Before we even get started, I want to say, if you're one of those people who thinks one cannot have a conversation with a casino executive and remain objective... I'm going to need you to stop listening, unsubscribe, and submit a valueless diatribe review on iTunes about how we sold out. (laughs) All while knowing you're a small-minded hippie moron whose only contribution to the world is its overpopulation. Only an idiot believes you can attain knowledge without learning about all facets of a subject. And only a coward sits behind a mic and says shit that they wouldn't have the guts to say to someone's face. Since I am neither, when the new president of MGM Resorts Entertainment and Sports invited Karen and I to have a conversation about all things Vegas with himself and the president of Park MGM, I accepted. George Klievkoff was named the new president of entertainment and sports at MGM Resorts International on September 10th. A few weeks after that, he sent us an email requesting the aforementioned conversation. We didn't say anything about it because I was incredibly skeptical about the entire situation. (laughs) He thought, oh shit, they've been listening. (laughs) One one of the first things I did was reach out to my lawyer to find out if I needed to lawyer up when I I arrived. I was incredibly skeptical about this entire situation. But before joining MGM, George's career highlights included stints with Major League Baseball's media division and with NBC Universal where he was a member of the team that helped develop and grow Hulu. Patrick Miller is the president and COO of Park MGM and is a classic story of someone who worked his way up to the top. Born and raised in Las Vegas, he grew up in the gaming industry starting as a pit clerk at the Mirage when Steve Wynn owned it through the great consolidation of Las Vegas to his role today. Now let's talk about integrity. Neither asked me for anything didn't offer me comps to anything, and clearly did their homework about our show. Oh, yeah. They were very aware of my dislike for their boss, Jim Murin, and my disappointment in the Park MGM project. They were also intelligent enough to pick up on something I've tried to make clear the first time I ever said anything negative about Las Vegas, and that's that I love the city and just want what's best for it. If I'm critical of something, it's because I'm either trying to be funny or I'm concerned that something could hurt a place that saved me from the darkest corners of my mind. And in the moments when I'm negative, I want nothing more than to be wrong. 
or to make someone laugh. If our show, the 360 Vintage Vegas and the POV segments, haven't already made it abundantly clear, driving me more than anything is my quest for knowledge. It's more important for me to understand the why than it is for me to agree with the what. Couple that with the fact that I am a capitalist and don't think there's anything wrong with a business making money, and I'm a pretty fucking smart and reasonable person. If you do say so yourself. Yeah, yeah. And that afforded me the opportunity to discuss all things Vegas with two other pretty fucking smart and reasonable people. And so we did. What was I? Yeah, you're in after. You were there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get, I get. And an, an annoyance. Pretty much, I was an annoyance. <laughs> we discussed resort fees, pay for parking, and CNF charges. Like Derek Stevens before them, they shared that they don't like them either. But until a mechanism is in place to prohibit them, not charging them only puts them at a disadvantage on travel sites like Expedia, Priceline, etc. Now, I challenged that with a direct marketing plan to point out that the competition isn't telling you the real price of your room, with a little patience, it could be a competitive advantage because the first commercial someone sees after they've experienced resort fees in Vegas, they're gonna remember that you don't. That being said, Caesars tried it and it didn't work, so that was a hard sell. <laughs> we discussed paid parking and the need to adjust the business model to one that encourages locals Anyone looking to spend money, including a guest staying at the property, something that the market is already adjusting to, but slower than it should. I shared that I thought City Center, an office park on the Strip, was one of the worst ideas in Vegas history. And while I still think Park MGM's frontage looks like a Bass Pro Shop, I admitted that over the weeks leading up to this meeting, I attempted to really reflect on the Vegas market and what the real issues with it are. Hence the inspiration for the last few Twit Pick of the Week monologues. I realized that a lot of my scorn for Park MGM was residual city center frustrations misdirected at a project that I didn't fully understand because their CEO poorly communicated it while threatening renovations to Excalibur were next on the docket. They agreed that the message could have been conveyed better and that the concept behind Park MGM was never meant to compete with Bellagio and Aria. It was the nomad component that would compare favorably with those properties. They also admitted that the project has not gone according to plan and that it is costing more than expected. It is taking too long to complete and they are also <laughs> frustrated with it. A perfect example of the context I hoped this meeting would provide was the decision to eliminate the strip entrance of a strip property. The reason for that decision was shared with us, and that was logistical challenges that the project came upon that were not part of the initial plans. It was a situation where a choice had to be made. You could either have a pool during the pool season or strip entrance. And the decision to keep the pool open was just considered the lesser of two evils. I explained how valuable sharing that information with the public would have been, to which they agreed that was a mistake that if they could have done over again, they would. Especially when you consider who couldn't identify with being placed in a lose-lose situation and how much easier it would be to empathize with a person who's in that situation. But overall, what I truly enjoyed about this experience was getting to meet and discuss Vegas with two people 
clearly as passionate about the city as I am. We're really good actors, but I usually have a pretty good bullshit detector when it comes to stuff like that. Especially when you consider I went into this assuming I needed to have a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) These two people, I can confidently say, are trying to give you the best experience they can, even if I think they're fighting against a CEO who is a ship lost at sea. One last thing I will share that resonated with me When discussions around renovation began, the company attempted to identify the value of the Monte Carlo brand. In their study, they found the property scored in the dead middle of all properties in the MGM portfolio in every category, which allowed them to conclude Monte Carlo had no identity. It didn't attract or detour anyone. To paraphrase Patrick, Monte Carlo wasn't even vanilla, it was beige. Park MGM was a necessary risk to establish an identity. Whether you love it or you hate it, if you have an opinion about it, they accomplish their goal. In the worst case scenario, they have a jumping off point. In the best, like a kid going to college and discovering who they are and what they stand for, Park MGM will find itself. In my case, I discovered a little bit of hope. Not only in a project whose scope I better understand and am now starting to get, but in the people behind it. While touring the property, Karen and I discovered there's a fair chance that Patrick and I are personality twins because his enthusiasm for what he does is as palpable as mine. Yeah, that's no joke. And if if that's one of the reasons you enjoy this show, imagine that in a guy making the big decisions behind Park MGM diatribe concluded. <laughs> Karen, since you were there, I'm going to let you jump in first because I've got I've got some thoughts, comments, concerns, but I want to hear where your thoughts are. I actually I was very I was nervous going into this too cuz to, to Mark's point is I'm sure Jared if he reached out to you and said, "Um, uh, what if they heard what we've said?" Well, I, I no, that's not what I said at all. I, I, I assume they heard what we said. Well, it's like, are am I showing up for them to serve me papers? Well, and I guess I didn't think that. I, I just didn't know what how. I didn't know what we were walking into. Like, yeah. Like what their approach was going to be, and I can't tell you, these guys were great. They, you know, they were funny. George obviously actually listens to the show, which I was a little surprised. I, I thought maybe they had... Or he did amazing homework because he dropped some pretty fucking impressive little nuggets of like, you fucking heard that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. not like, you guys said this about us. Like, no, I remember that one episode when you were listening. So I ended up going... Like, I was like, all right, all right. This guy yeah. might actually really listen. This is this kind of cool. Well, and he said he's a podcast guy. He listens to podcasts. Yeah. And when he got the job, you know, he's, he you know started looking and listening. And that's kind of where he found it. So... You know, from that standpoint, I was sure that he had somebody that he'd hired. But honestly, you know, two of the nicest guys appreciated, you know, that we had our opinions. I think they were interested in, you know, getting our take on a few things and Walmart's take on a few things. And um, it, it was it was a fun experience. Again, I, I was glad, as Mark said, they, they didn't offer us anything. There were no comps. There was nothing like that, which we had talked about ahead of time. We weren't going to. We intentionally, so we got there early and got drinks and intentionally paid the bill early. But like, you're not even paying for my drinks. You're not getting, you're yeah. not doing anything. I mean, we just, we want to be, have that little separation yeah. there, right? And, and try to be honest about the whole thing. But um, no, they were great. It ended up being a lot of fun. Um, you know, and, and again, Patrick's energy and enthusiasm, because he is, I mean, he's a born and raised here. Yeah. And he loves the property and he loves the work he's doing. Like, 
you know, they, I think George asked him, would you do it all again? And he said, well, yeah, but I would do things slightly differently. So yeah. he realizes <laughs> there's there's been, you know, challenges with it. But it was it was a great, great time. A couple of really great guys. Um, there are things about Park MGM that I'm more excited about now than I was before. But we'll see when it all gets open. And, and like Mark said, at the end of the day, you know, we do want everything to be successful. So I know we've been we've been rough on it. I think like reasonably so based on what we knew. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how this all comes together. When I told him one of the things that I, I wanted to give them credit for is prior to their renovations, I was one of those people in the dead middle. Like if somebody asked, yeah. what do you think about Monte Carlo? I'm like, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with Monte Carlo. I'd forgotten Carlo. he said that that phrase. It wasn't even vanilla. It was beige. It was beige. Was like, <laughs> which has a particular like funny thing between you and I about right. like, long-term history. But yeah, so it just... They, they realized that, okay, we, we don't stand for anything, so let's figure out something that we're going to stand for. But I, I told him, I'm like, y- you did accomplish that. I, I hated you for a while, and now I'm like, okay, I see where you're going with this. I, I, I'm kind of get like, as they were getting closer, I'm like, uh, okay, okay, I think I kind of see where you're going with this. But, you know, I, I hate it less. And, and I even pointed out, I said the D was the worst named fucking property in the history of Las yeah, Vegas. I destroyed that place verbally. And now it's one of my favorite casinos. And I've admitted to Derek before. I'm like, yeah. I, I didn't I, get it. I, I'm thrilled that I didn't get it, and you proved me. You know, you proved me wrong. And I'm like, and I secretly hoped that the whole time with MGM or with uh, Monte Carlo, I'm like, I don't get it, man. I hope you're just a few steps ahead of me, and I just don't get it. And I'm not there, but I'm way <laughs> closer than I was. Yeah. Way closer. And like, like I, I told him, I said, I'm interested. I'm interested in the place which before I wasn't even interested. And I do think that the one other thing, because, you know, meeting with, um, you know, executives at casinos was never, I think, a goal of yours or something that we set up. Well, my to do initial, my, the second I got the email, my initial knee-jerk reaction was like, no. The hell no, I'm not, I'm not doing, doing that. it. I don't care. I'm not going to talk to you. But then I reflected, and I'm like, what a kind of fucking pussy am I right. that I'm going to run my fucking mouth on a, you know, behind a microphone and talk shit about people and then not have the balls to go and, and say it to their face? Like, yeah. what kind of valueless piece of shit does that? I'm like, no. You know, I'm, I'm going to go talk to these people. Like, you, you can't fucking, you know, smooth talk me over or kiss my ass well, or pay me off. Thing. Like, I can't do any of those things. But that's just the cynical person in me that got that was just prepared for the worst case scenario. And I, But I guess what I was going to say with that is I, I really appreciated the fact that you know, for all the reasons you said up front, you're not going to sit behind a microphone and just, you know, call bullshit and not... Well, and, and you do this too. You, If you have a critique about a property, you copy that property in, whether it's a Twitter or yeah. Facebook post or anything. And there's a lot of people that don't do that. Yeah, and, and I think I've that nev- that's... Yeah, I've never said anything before, but it, it's... It's something that I intentionally do because I want you to know that I'm upset. I want right. you to know that I'm disappointed in this because I want you to fix it. Well, and if they have a question, or, then or they can reach it. out to you. Yeah. yeah. So because we I have think... had people before who explain it. I'm like, oh, that's why you're doing that. All right. Well, I, I don't like it, but um, it makes more sense now. Right. So I, I think you know, just having the I don't, uh, fortitude, I guess, would be the good way to say it. You say, all right, we're going to go sit down with these guys in, in their house and their property, well, and we're going to see what they have the to flip, say. And like, I just got conditioned by fucking idiots who ha- had this idea that it's like, well, if you talk to anybody in that industry, you're immediately a fucking sellout. And I really had to think, I'm like, you know what? Every oh, time man. I'm in any situation, I'm always trying to understand every side of the story so I can figure this whole thing out. And I'm like... What kind of a moron would you be, a self-proclaimed historian of the city you love, and you wouldn't 
talk to the people who's actually in there. And it just got to a point where I'm like, you're a fucking idiot if you don't go talk to these people. Right. And I'm thrilled that I came to all that because it was an amazing experience. It was. And I, like, it's, everything was better because of it. All right. Can, can I, can, can, can I jump in? Can, can I get a, can I get a word in there twice? <laughs> so, Uh-oh, before the liquor kicks in. <laughs> well, it's a little bit of A, a little, as Mitchell will say, a little from column A, a little from column B. Right. Um, here's the deal. I appreciate the fact that not only are you, you know, a big fucking deal that MGM wants to meet with you, but that you also will own up to it and say, okay, yeah, I can't, I can't sit behind a microphone and berate someone without saying it to their face. But did you say to them, you know, the best part about what you were, what Monte Carlo was before the renovation was that it was an excellent middle of the road identity. So if somebody wanted to come to Vegas and they didn't want to, like they wanted to come and experience Vegas without spending money on an overpriced hotel room, Monte Carlo would be an outstanding room to be at because you've got a great location on the strip. It's a room that is right down the smack dab middle. Like it's not over the top, but it's not a basic room. You're not, you're, it's, it's not a circus circus room. It's not a, I don't know what's the equivalent. I, I'd say in Tony, Pearl Tony, Palace you're, or Tony, you're making our point. You're making our point. You're like going, it's a perfectly fine place. And they're like, we don't want to be fine. <laughs> making their but point. But that's, actually. except that that's, Oh, okay, MGM. It's the same thing that I say over and over and over to the link at Caesar's Palace. Know your place. Know where you are in the hierarchy. But when you've got a Monte Carlo that's got a, a bar that allegedly has video poker, but they don't comp any of the drinks, oh. know your place, Monte Carlo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not trying to convince anybody. I'm just trying to provide some context. Ultimately, I had the opportunity to learn more information and better understand the situation and develop my own opinion. And I expect all of you to do the same. Don't fucking take my word for shit because then you're a goddamn lemming and I'll just take you right off a fucking cliff <laughs> just so I can watch it and enjoy. Right. Well, and, and to be clear, I don't want this to sound like we're doing a complete we're not 180 flip this. on yeah. the property. Uh, That's why I sit right up in the front. I'm just being honest. Like I was... Uh, I'm just being honest. Well, and I would say as when they shared the renderings in the plan, you're like, what the fuck? Even the first few rounds, because, again, they're trying to keep it open while they're doing this stuff. So, yeah, they open areas that aren't done. They're not finished. The only thing is, is the further it's it's going along, you're seeing more of... Well, Patrick even admitted there's no way they would have renovated it the way they did. They'd have shut down, like, significant sections right. of it and blocked it off. They would have done it more like LinkedIn, where they just shut down an area right. and then just renovated that. And like, okay, we're done. And it, it's just the way it was done. Right. It just it didn't so work. so as it's it's starting to come together a little bit more and more. Like even I'm seeing. I was in it a couple You're weeks like, ago oh. with Alistair, and yeah. I was like, I don't I don't get the park. Yeah. And he's like, Well, it's all green now, and I'm like, Really? I didn't even I there did is not a even lot remember of, it. I, that's what something else. There's a lot of subtle shit there, and I think that's what 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 gets lost on us because I completely agree with you. There were several things that, as Patrick was showing us around, I'm like, That's really cool, dude. I would have never caught this. Yeah, never caught it. It's almost like you need to have like a fucking tour guide to point shit out because and, and no maybe one would once catch it's this. done, you won't need that. But it's still in the renovation stage, so it, it's not. 
I'm I'm feeling better about what I've seen than I did before. Well, so, on, on top of that, I will also say that one of the things that that experience helped me to do is now I am slowing down at every property. Look at things. See if you see if there's things that you've just overlooked a thousand times. Wait, you don't look that at are things? sitting there. Just shut up. You know, I'm oh, making wait. a point. <laughs> you know what, Mark? I'll tell you something. Um, Scott from Vital Vegas posted some pictures from inside the Imperial Palace a few years ago when it got closed down to become the link. Yeah. And at the time, he had posted that there were some newspapers that were stuffed inside the dragons, I think, that were a part of the Pittsburgh or Philadelphia or something Pennsylvania Phil States related. And it's not Phil States stuffed inside them, unfortunately. But <laughs> that was, you know, from wow. 1975. Yeah, no, no. Here's the deal. Here's, here's the deal. The best, the best Phil states is one stuffed up inside a dragon's ass. So, oh my god, it was, I never have missed pictures of the Imperial Palace or what it meant to me more than when I got to see the pictures of them, and that's merely because of what your, you know, like Imperial Palace was the first Las Vegas casino resort I ever stayed at. Right. I, I, I'd never been to Vegas. Went to Imperial Palace, stay there. To this day in 2018, I love Imperial Palace. Irrationally, of course. But it's just, it's one of those things where whatever you're talking about right now is totally relevant to what I'm saying. So I get it. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And they they admitted, they're like, oh, we pissed some fucking diehard Monte Carlo fans off. And it's, this was a calculated risk. And I, I, I at least respect that. Win, lose, or draw, whatever happens with this thing. I, I now have a better understanding of what they're trying to do, and I respect that. Well, I guess that's going to do it for episode number 284. Thank you all for listening and downloading. We really do appreciate it. If you'd like to check out any of the stories on today's show, you can do so on the blog. We're 360VegasPodcast.com. Get premium and exclusive content when you subscribe to our show at Patreon.com com slash 360 Vegas. And let me just put in a cheap plug for folks who aren't contributing to the Patreon. I don't know what your holdout is because <laughs> Mark is literally posting shit that is more valuable than your $7. Just contribute. <laughs> I like I I'm super uh, spoiled because I get to see it. I get to give feedback. And then this idiot, meaning you, Mark, actually takes my suggestions and modifies what you're doing based on my suggestions. I'm like, this is crazy. It's outstanding stuff, people. You can support the show by purchasing things from our affiliates like Amazon.com or Limo or just making a PayPal donation. You can, of course, buy merchandise from our store, which is Zazzle.com slash 360 Vegas, or you can help others find the show by reviewing us on iTunes. If you'd like to find some feedback, or no, scratch that. <laughs> if you'd like to send some feedback, <laughs> written or audio, you can do so on 360VegasPodcast at gmail.com. But if you're not sure how to record that audio with your smartphone and then email it to the show, don't worry. We have instructions on that as well on the blog's main page. Where can folks find you, Tony? I am at 360 Vegas Tony. Karen. I'm at Karen Mark. You get something special next week, as I assume everyone is uh, taking the week off. And uh, until then. Happy Turkey Day. (laughs) 